And Happy New Year's, everybody. It's good to see everybody. Um, if you're joining us online, I'm glad you're here too with us. Um, so I know it was 2022 now, but I want to kind of have a flashback moment to 2020 during the lockdown. And I want to ask y'all this. How many of y'all sat on your couch all day during lockdown and watched Netflix? Hey, hey, I did that. I had a lot of free time. I was in the college dorms. That's all I would do. I think I watched Indiana Jones like five times. And so anyways, I ran into this Netflix movie and it had to be one of the dumbest movies I've ever watched. And I... And unfortunately, I kept watching it because I was so bored and I had nothing to do. And anyways, so this movie, it's about this homeless man. And he gets hired by some high school freshmen to protect them from their bullies. While he's manipulating them and all this is going on, you know, in the background, he's, um, he's trying to manipulate them so he can steal their money. And, you know, at the end, he figures out what he's doing is wrong, and he helps them face their bullies. Pretty dumb movie, and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. But as I'm watching this movie, I saw this, there's this particular scene that stood out to me. So he's homeless, right? And he's standing on the side of the road, holding a sign, you know, as you would see any other homeless guy do. And he's holding his sign up, trying to beg for money. And some people are driving by him saying, hey, get a job. Some people are giving him their money. And then this one guy pulls up and stops and yells aggressively at him. We're going to church. And maybe you should go too. And speeds off, leaving this guy hanging. And I started to wonder... Is this how the world sees Christians? And, you know, I started to think about how some Christians in general will, instead of showing love and kindness to the lost, they look down on those who don't know the Lord. You see, they elevate themselves. They say, wow, look where that guy's at. I'm not there. They elevate them, so they look down on them. And, you know, I'm guilty of this, too. You see, um, me and a buddy of mine who was a new believer, someone I was discipling, you know, we went to Walmart together to get some groceries in college. And when we left, there was that exact scene happening. There was a guy on the road begging for money. And my friend, he looked at me and asked, Johnny, shouldn't we, shouldn't we give this guy some, some money or help him out? Give him some food? And, you know, I looked at him and I said, no. This guy is there because it's his own decisions. And we shouldn't help this guy out. What, 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 what's the point? You know, we don't know if he's dangerous or not. And, you know, he's there essentially because it's his own fault. And, you know, that carries some truth, of course. And my buddy, as we're driving on the road, he looks at me, and I'll never forget. He looked me in the eyes and said, Johnny, aren't Christians supposed to love? 
and care for those people. Our Christians are supposed to love and care for people. And you see, Christians, Christ followers, are called to live counterintuitive to the society we live in. You see, society tells us to look down on those who aren't as good as you and even cast judgment on them for their decisions, maybe their viewpoints, where they're at in life. While Christians, on the other hand, we're called to meet people where they're at and show them the love of Christ. And you know, I'm not saying that if someone's living a lifestyle of sin, we shouldn't recognize it or we shouldn't, we shouldn't condone that. No, what I'm saying is that we should, we should interact with lost people how Christ did. You see, Christ, he recognized their sin. As a matter of fact, Christ called people into the light. He didn't condone it. it. And he also loved people as individuals created by God. People who have value. And constantly throughout the scriptures, Christ followers are called to live that kind of lifestyle. We're called to love people as Christ has loved us. We're called to view people as God views them. So if you, if you have your Bible with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15. And as you're turning there to the Gospel of Luke, you know, I want to explain that the Gospel of Luke is great because, you know, it was written to encourage believers and to show that there's a place for Gentiles in the kingdom of God. Gentiles, it's us, non-Jews in the kingdom of God. And it also shows that Christians should bring the gospel to everyone. Because we see how God includes those Gentiles. And we see that Jesus... We see his concern for, for the outcasts and the sinners. And we see an emphasis on salvation. And in this passage we're going to look at today, we're going to see some of those themes. And I'm super excited to see what's going to come of this. And before we get into our to scripture, I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you for this day and allowing us to be here. In your house, Lord, to worship your name. Lord, I pray that the scripture comes alive to us. And that we can receive the truth that you have for us today. Lord, I pray that all, all distractions can be laid aside. And may we focus on you. God, um, may your word change our hearts today. And may we leave this place changed by the gospel. Lord, thank you for Jesus. He's done at the cross. And that we can have a life in his name. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. So I'm going to start in verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners 
and eats with them. So, he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or, what woman... Having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she found it, she calls together her neighbors, her friends, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So, this is a scene where, you know, Christ, he's talking to a large crowd. All sorts of people are there. And in Luke chapter 14, verse 25, it showed that, that there, was, there was a multitude of people listening to Christ while he challenges them with that cost of discipleship. It's where he says, take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself if you want to be my disciple. And so... This was a pretty weighty challenge that Jesus put out there on the table. And if you noticed in verse 1, at this challenge, it didn't scare people off. But as you see in this verse 1, that it attracted people. It attracted the sinners. It says the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to him. It attracted people. And as all this was going on, there was those Pharisees and scribes saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So these parables in this chapter, they're, they're directed at those Pharisees and scribes who were complaining while those tax collectors and sinners were drawing close to Jesus. So I want to I pause. I want to ask you this. Are you like the Pharisees and scribes? Or are you like Jesus? Do you attract people? Do you bring people? Do you like, are you like Jesus who wants to point people to, to God, to Savior? Then Jesus goes into this parable of how God views the lost. So many teachers of that time, and even today, believe that good works doing good things and good deeds is what gets you into heaven and that God receives only those who come to him in the right way and you see in the parable of the shepherd leaving 99 for the one Jesus flips that idea around and he uses this as an example to show how God pursues the lost instead of us doing the right things for God to receive us you see, Jesus used the sheep to represent the lost. You see, from a little research, you know, 
shows that sheep stray easily. And when they stray from the flock, you know, because of how, how um, easily, easily sheep stray, they can't find their way back. And if the shepherd doesn't go after that one sheep, then the sheep is doomed. You know, it's going to die because of starvation, predators, maybe an injury. Is doomed ultimately without the shepherd. And so are we without the good shepherd. So, in the same way, a shepherd who, who's lost his sheep goes after it until he finds it. Jesus, who is God, being the good shepherd, has to go after the lost. You see, without God, one can't find their way to him. And that is why, like the shepherd, God actively seeks out the lost rather than us seeking him out. And so in the same way, Jesus uses the example of a woman losing a coin and searching for it. You see, one, one of the commentators suggests that the coin in this story particularly is on a chain that is wore around a woman's head showing that she's married and so when she lost that one coin, that loss was pretty severe because the coin was valuable. She cared for it. And in using this example, Jesus shows that God views the same, that God views the individual the same way that woman viewed the coin with value, with love, with care. It's pretty cool to know that God values you. And I want you to, I want y'all to notice that in both of these stories, the rejoicing and joy and finding the one. You see, in both of these stories, there's that theme of Jesus saying that God will call together all the angels. And there's going to be great rejoicing in heaven over the one who comes to repentance. So what do these parables show? They show that God values the lost so much that he's going to diligently seek them out. And when one comes to know him personally, when one accepts him as their savior, listen, God rejoices. There's going to be a celebration. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing, I think. That's pretty cool. And so what does this mean for us? So as Christians, we should view the lost the same way God does. We should value them. You see, Christians need to remember that God loves people so much that while they were sinners, Christ died for them. Christ came into the world to redeem, not to condemn. He came to restore, not destroy. You see, as believers, as his disciples, we need to have that same agenda as God. And we need to be the light of the world, seeking out the lost, just as God does. We should show, we should show care, passion, compassion, for the lost 
instead of only seeing them for their sin. And I want y'all just imagine what the world will look like right now if every single Christian did this. If every single Christian sought out the lost and showed, and showed value for them. Imagine what Wood County would look like if Hollybrook became a church that diligently seeks out the lost. Guys, in 2022, I challenge you, let's be a church that seeks to bring people to the Savior. Let's be a church that values people. So how can we show value for the lost? So lost people, you know, they act lost. They don't know Jesus. They don't know what they're doing is wrong. So one, when lost people act lost, instead of reacting in a defensive, judgmental way, which I'm guilty of, see, we should recognize that we're all sinners alike. And we should, rec we should respond in love. You see, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Guys, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. And Christ died while we were still sinners. Christ loved us when we weren't able to love him. Guys, let's respond in love. Number two, we should pray for the lost. First Timothy 2, 1 through 4 says this, first of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Guys, we got to pray for the lost. Who's that person in your life that doesn't know Jesus that you need to pray for? Number three, we can show the lost people that we value them by seeking them out and sharing the good news with them. Guys, we have the greatest news that we can share with people. Guys, Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we can have a relationship with the creator of everything. See, Jesus commands us to go to all the nations making disciples. See, showing the I mean, sharing the gospel with somebody, sharing the good news with them is the ultimate way to show that you care for them because you're showing care for their eternity. And you're pointing them to the one who can save them from their sin. We're pointing them to the God who loves them so much that he's willing to come down and die for them. So that they can have a relationship with him. Guys, showing lost people that we care for them. Show, we got we to share the good news. It's the greatest news. So before I close... I want to go back to my story. You see, after I drove by that man 
And my buddy said what he said. I began thinking about this passage. And then being convicted, you know, I had a minivan at the time. My parents are here. They're probably going to shake their head at me. But being convicted, you know, I was driving the minivan on the road. And I said, screw And I whipped that minivan around. I went back. And I gave that guy some food. And me and my friend helped him. And I got to hear that guy's story. I got to show that I cared about him. And the best part was, I got to share the good news with him. And to be honest with you guys, unfortunately, that guy didn't put his trust in Jesus. But he heard the good news and the seed of the gospel was planted in him. And listen, I'm still praying for that guy and I still think about him today. And I learned something that day and I learned that I should, be, I should have been looking at that guy the same way God does, which is with value. And so if there's one thing I want you to take away from this message is to view people the same way God does with value. Listen, when you, whether you're at work, with family, with friends, at the grocery store, you're driving on the road, I don't know what you do, but look, remember that God loves people so much that he sent Christ to die for them. Remember that Christ died for you. Remember his great love for you and that person you encounter. Or maybe you're here today and you are that person who's lost. You're that person who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Listen, God loves you and He wants to have a relationship with you. He cares about you, He values you. And maybe you're here thinking, I gotta get my life right before I can come to Jesus. I gotta do all the good things. I gotta, I gotta come to church 10 times this year before I go to the altar. I, I, gotta, I gotta go to give charity. Listen, no. Jesus has come as you are. Listen, Christ died while we were still sinners. See, in the beginning, when God created everything, He created us to glorify him and to know him personally. And then sin entered the world. And sin breaks our relationship with God. And because of sin, we're unable to stand before him. Because of sin, we're made enemies of God. We're made enemies because we're saying that we, live, we want to live our way instead of his way. But the good news is, is that Christ died while we were still sinners. God sent Jesus to take the punishment for sin that we deserve, which is death. And listen, the good news is, is that the Savior didn't stay dead. Which is that, remember that three days later, Jesus got up 
He rose from the grave. And listen, Jesus rose from the grave and he's alive today. And if you're lost and if you don't know Jesus, let me tell you something, Jesus right now is seeking you out. He wants you, he loves you, he values you. And all you have to do is repent of your sins, which means to turn away from, turn away from your sin and put all your trust, all your hope, all your faith in Jesus, ultimately giving him your life. And when you do this, God's gonna restore you. He's gonna restore your relationship to him and save you from that punishment that you deserve. And listen, God's no longer gonna see you as a sinner, but as his child. And so, if there's just one of you here today that doesn't know Jesus, come know him today. And listen, remember, there's gonna be joy in heaven over just the one that comes to know him personally. So here in a minute, the band's gonna come up. Oh, they're already up here. The band's up here. And, and we're gonna have a, this time called the altar call. And maybe you're a Christian and you just need to come up here for prayer. Listen, Brother David and I, we're gonna be up here and we're gonna be up here to pray for you. Or maybe you're here today and you're that one person and needs to know Jesus as their Savior, as your Savior. Guys, don't, don't leave here without missing your opportunity. Won't you come know him today? Let's pray. Dearly Father, thank you for this time that you've given us, Lord, and thank you for the truth that we got to encounter today. Lord, help us to live a life loving people as you have. Lord, help us to seek after the lost as you do. Help us to show that we care for them. Help us to value them. Lord, I pray that if there's just one in here today, may they come up here and talk to Brother David and I. And may they put their trust in you as their Savior. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing. God, thank you for your son, Jesus, and him dying on the cross for our sins. In his name I pray, amen.